Welcome to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and this podcast is designed for the everyday woman who seeks to do more than just survive. You want to thrive. The goal is to inspire, empower, and encourage you as you find commonalities within my story and the stories of some extraordinary guests. Join me as we dive into this brand new episode. Hey there, ladies. Welcome back to part three of the Tales of the Two Queens series. We are back to learn from none other than Queen Esther. Now, Esther has an amazing rag-to-riches story, y'all. Esther was actually born under the name of Hadassah. Both of Esther's parents had died, so she was a Jewish orphan, and she only had her cousin Mordecai to look out for her. He took her in as his daughter and loved her as such. So, of course, when the palace announced that there was going to be this whole beauty pageant to select a new queen, Mordecai had Esther sign up. He made sure to tell her, though, that, hey, don't tell anyone of your Jewish nationality and, of course, your cultural background. So he made sure she received a new name, hence why I call her Esther, and most will refer to her as Esther and not Hadassah. So when Esther got to the palace, she immediately stood out. The scripture tells us that Esther was beautiful and she also had a nice shape. So we can all assume she was popping in all the right places. But one thing about Esther that also had her gain favor with one of the head palace servants wasn't just her beauty, but it was her character. You see, Esther's character was also as beautiful as she was in appearance. So he immediately took her in and gave her the best treatments. He also gave her servants and the best spot in the house. King Xerxes wanted all the women who were in the beauty pageant to have a whole year of beauty treatments before they came up on him, y'all. He was like, y'all not finna come up on me smelling like shrimp and grits. (laughs) So he had everyone go through a thorough cleansing for 12 months, which included a special diet. So y'all know by now that King Xerxes was something else. After their 12 months of treatment, each girl had an opportunity to select the best jewels to get decked out in to go see the king. They would then spend the night at the palace. So, you know, Xerxes was probably sampling y'all. And after he would sample, chat with them or whatever, he would send them back. And if he wasn't feeling them, they won't see him again. So it was really bachelor type stuff that you would see on ABC, right? So now it's Esther's turn. And she has the opportunity to go ahead and pick all of her jewelry, get decked out for the king. But instead of doing things on her own, Esther asks the servant for counsel and goes with whatever he believes is best. After that, Esther won everyone's heart, okay? She literally was the favorite out of all the other females. She also stood out to King Xerxes. So much so that he decided to select Esther as the winner and she was crowned queen. The Jewish orphan 
with no parents is now the queen of one of the greatest kingdoms of that day. So Esther was chilling, y'all. And her cousin Mordecai was also doing very well for himself as he was climbing up the ranks because he actually saved the life of the king from an attempted assassination. But with every good story, you know there's always going to be a devil trying to steal, kill, and destroy what God has done in the lives of his children. So the antagonist in the story is named Haman. Haman hated the Jews with a passion. He wanted to rid them from the earth, much like what Adolf Hitler was able to accomplish. Haman also grew to hate Mordecai because Mordecai was a Jew rising in the ranks and Mordecai didn't bow to his whim. Mordecai was like, the only person I will ever bow to is the one true God. So this pisses Haman off, right? And he decides to pull King Xerxes into his mess. He wanted the Jews gone and he wanted to start off with Mordecai first. So he concocts this plan. He tells Xerxes that the Jews are causing trouble in the kingdom. They aren't loyal and it's not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. So Haman even goes as far to offer the king payment to get rid of the Jews. So what does King Xerxes do? He issues an edict much like the edict that he issued for Vashti and sends words out that the Jews are on the hit list. So of course, now Mordecai, he's like, whoa, we got to do something, right? And he has an inn. His inn is Esther. Esther is in the palace. She is the queen. So he goes to her for help. So he reaches out to Esther. And of course, Esther's like, oh, snap, shaking in her boots. She's like, yeah, I'm just a queen, Mordecai. You don't remember what happened to the last queen when she disobeyed the rules and the regulations and she didn't honor her king and the role as a queen? Do you remember what they did to Vashti? And Mordecai was like, yeah, I get all that. But <laughs> sis, we need your help because don't think that you're going to be sitting in that palace chilling and knowing that your people are getting slaughtered. Don't think that you are going to escape unscathed. So Esther took heed to Mordecai's counsel. And she was like, okay, you know what? Tell everyone to fast and pray for three days. I will be fasting with my servants also. And then I will go to the king. So on the final day of the fast, Esther decks herself out and goes into the inner court of the palace. The king is there. And all of his advisors are there as well. She comes in. She looks stunning. And the king is pleased. And so he allows her to come in and speak with him. Remember, Esther's character was also on point. Not just the beauty on the outside, but the inside as well. So when she approached the king, he said to her, You can ask me for anything, even up to half of the kingdom, and I will give it to you. Esther simply asked him to come to dinner and she invites Haman, you know, his hating behind to come too. <laughs> so to shorten the story, Esther asked Haman and the king to dinner at least two more times before she actually goes and tells the king what she needs. She says to the king, if I have found favor with you, 
grant me my life and spare my people. So King Xerxes is like, wait a minute, hold up. Who's trying to kill you and your family? And she was like, this fool Haman. So now Haman is shaking in his boots. The king storms out and he's begging Esther, save me, please. Save me from the king's wrath. He's all up on Esther. So the king walks in and sees Haman begging and pleading and all up on his queen. And he's even more pissed because he's like, oh, so now you're trying to be up all up on my queen? So Haman ended up getting exactly what he deserved in the end. And in response, King Xerxes actually gives Queen Esther Haman's entire estate. He also gives Mordecai Haman's position. Queen Esther was also able to ask him to sign an edict, right? That no one else could ever come against the Jews in that way again. Jews were also able to protect themselves and to destroy and kill any armed forces that should come against them. Xerxes signed the edict and sealed it with his ring. It didn't stop there. Anything Esther asked of him, she was able to receive to protect her people. She found favor with the king and that favor saved their lives. Mordecai was also a man that was highly praised for his work as well. So what does Queen Esther's story have for us to learn from? Well, first and foremost, Queen Esther pretty much comes from nothing. She was born Hadassah, a Jewish orphan, no parents, and ends up becoming queen and then earns the favor of everyone, not just because she was beautiful on the outside, but because she was teachable, she was obedient, she wasn't greedy, she was humble, and she understood her role. She was also strategic, patient, and wise enough to know her limitations. And most importantly, she was a woman who knew the power of praying and fasting. All of these characteristics not only gave her favor with men, but it also gave her favor with God. And when I say men, I'm talking about men and women. The Lord could work with someone like Esther to utilize her position to save the people of Israel from persecution. She had all the characteristics that God looks for in us as women to do the things that he has called for us to do. And guess what she had? She had position. She was the queen. And in the end, Esther was able to call some major shots in the kingdom because of that favor. She wasn't silenced, right? She was granted an authority to request of the king whatever she needed. And most men probably weren't able to do that. Although Hadassah, Queen Esther, came from lower means, she was already a queen before the crown ever touched her head. It was already in the person she was and it was magnified when she gained the favor in the eyes of the king's servant who just made what was already in her stand out even more. Esther had more to offer than just the beauty of her outward appearance. She had the character to match. She understood the times. 
the importance of taking heed to wise counsel. And because of that, she was able to hold on to her reign. Nowadays, Esther's message stands out more than ever. As we continue to see, excuse the expression, hoes winning. It may look like that by way of the media, right? But the devil is an angel of light. So he knows how to masquerade the dark and make it appear as a good thing. Don't get caught in that deception. God is calling all of his daughters to be Esther's. To be beauties on the outside, but to be the women he has called us and created us to be on the inside. Knowing who we are. Your identity in him is solidified. So he can send you anywhere and he can trust you to deliver every time. Because he knows that you know his voice. And because you know his voice, you also know his order. God is calling his Esthers at this very moment. There are Hamans in this world left to right, all trying to destroy God's people, trying to destroy the fabric of what he designed as the family, trying to destroy identity, trying to destroy masculinity and femininity and turn us into something that he never intended. God is calling his Esthers, who knows the seasons and the times that we are in, who understand the role and the beauty of woman, women who can be by their husband's side, announcing to the world that what God has joined together is perfect. It doesn't need to be redefined nor realigned. It was perfection in the beginning and through Christ, it is perfection again. God is calling us as his daughters to be a reflection of him in our everyday lives. To reign as the queens he designed for us to be. Fearfully and wonderfully made, fruitful and multiplying in everything that we do, having dominion and having territory that was once the enemies. We are in a time where we have to decide what type of queen will we be? Will we defy the call or will we rise to the occasion? Now that we are at the end of the episode, I also wanted to provide you ladies with additional questions to help you self-assess because you may have said to yourself, I am that woman that will rise to the occasion. But sometimes when we get to that place, right, that place we think that we're going to do what we said we're going to do. We don't, in fact, do what we said we're going to do because our character is a little shaky. It's a little faulty. So before you get to that point, I want you ladies to sit down and self-assess whether or not you are, in fact, these things. So here goes. Are you teachable? That makes a big difference, okay? Because when you are teachable, you are ready and willing to invite information in that will support you and help you in your position to thrive. The next question, are you obedient to God? That question right there is probably number one, because in order for you to get to the place that God wants you to get to, you have to be obedient to his voice. The next question, is money the route to your happiness? 
The Bible says explicitly that money is the root to all evil. Not that money is bad, but when money dominates your happiness, when money controls who you are, when money dictates what you do, it can absolutely be the root to evil because there's nothing that you will not do in order to get that money. The next question, do you know who you are and what you bring to the table? Ladies, identity is so important. I truly believe that Esther would not have been successful at being a queen the way that she was if she did not know who she was. Because in order to be successful in any role or capacity that calls for you to reign, that calls for you to have authority, to be a decision maker, you have to know who you are. Trust me, I've worked with some folks that were in leadership roles who didn't know who they were and it was the worst job ever because people who don't know who they are typically aren't the greatest leaders. So knowing who you are and what you bring to the table absolutely makes a difference. Are you strategic? That's an important question, ladies, because oftentimes not knowing who we are, not knowing what we bring to the table, we make decisions based on our emotions, right? And our emotions can lead us to a variety of different places. And when you know who you are, when you know what you bring to the table, you can in fact take a moment to be strategic. You can think about, well, what is the best plan? What will work best for me? What is the best thing to do? And if you're obedient to God and you take heed to the Holy Spirit, you will always be successful. Because God is strategic. He is a very strategic God. And so therefore, there is nothing that you will not be able to do when he sends you out and moves you forward. Are you patient? Yes, that question is so important because again, when emotions come into play, right? <laughs> it can shake us a little bit. And our patience can uh, really be short, if we don't know what we're doing, if our emotions are trying to dictate our responses, our patience can be faulty. And so it's so important to ask yourself, well, am I patient? Is that an area that I need to work on? Because for Esther to have been successful in what she was called to do, she had to be patient. She couldn't rush in and try to manhandle, quote unquote, the situation. She had to be strategic. She had to think about it. She had to be patient and wait for the right moment to say what she needed to say. The next question is, do you know your limitations? So often, ladies, we think we can do it all. Can girls run the world, right? <laughs> Listen, we have to know our limitations because when we know our limitations, we know what we can and cannot do. And it's okay not to be able to do everything. We're not called to everything. You're not called to everyone. Know your limitations. Know your lane. And stay in that place. Because when you know your lane and you know your limitations, you will succeed. Because you're not going to be pulled in so many different directions. Trying to do so many different things. Trying to reign over areas you have no business reigning over. Because that's another queen's position. Right? Right? 
Focus on what you've been called to do. So do you know your limitations? And if you do, let's say if you run a business and you're not great in administrative capacity, you know your limitations. So now when someone comes to give you good counsel, you will receive it. So that's the next question. Are you willing to take heed to good counsel? I see it all the time in my position in human resources. You give good counsel and people leave your office and don't take heed to it. And then they get reprimanded or they get written up or they even get terminated because they did not take the counsel. When you know your limitations, you know who you are, you know what you bring to the table, you take heed to the voice of God, you'll also be able to take heed to good counsel. People that he will send your way to support you and assist you in what you have been called to do. But you have to be receptive. You have to be open to receive that counsel. And when you receive it, you'll follow it, right? You'll do exactly what that wise person told you to do. So that's important. And most importantly, above all, do you know the power of praying and fasting? So many of us understand what praying is, right? Okay, we, we say the Our Father. We know those types of prayers. But do you know the power behind really, truly putting time out in your day to focus in on praying, talking to God, speaking to him about the things that are in your heart and not just asking for things all the time, but praising, thanksgiving, worshiping, really putting that time in your day to spend time with God. Do you understand that there's power in that communication? There's power in the way that your day will go. Just taking time out, doing that and having that peaceful moment with him. Do you know the power of fasting? Fasting is a very powerful thing. And I can't get too deep into it on this episode, but what I will encourage you to do is begin to read books on fasting. What does it mean to fast? Also, there's tons of scriptures that talks about fasting and when folks fasted, like Jesus who fasted uh, 40 days and 40, 40 nights, Moses who fasted, um, Elijah who fasted, Esther who fasted three days. There are diff different types of fast. Daniel who fasted. Most people are uh, know the Daniel fast because that's a very popular fast to do usually around the new year where folks will fast 21 days. They'll just do water, whole grains or fruits. That's a fast that you can do where you just really just take the time to tune out all types of noise and distractions. That includes food and you focus in on just God hearing from him. Right. And it's a powerful experience because when you do that, when you tune out social media, television, all types of things that distract you, food, and you really just spend that quality time with God, he's going to share so much with you. It's like he's going to correct you, too. So there's a lot of correction in the in fasting. There's a lot of, you know, this is what you need to work on. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to stop doing. There's a lot of that exchange. But when you come out of fasting, you become so much better and greater. 
And there's examples of that. After Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he went right into his ministry. That's a perfect example, right? Esther, after she fasted three days, she was able to have the courage to go into the king's um, palace to speak with him. When these people fasted, it always propelled them into greater. And so it's so important to know the power of praying and fasting. So ladies, I leave these questions with you to truly self-assess, to truly look at yourself and begin to do the necessary work so that you can rise to the occasion. Hey ladies, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this message. Hey girl, have you gotten your copy of Being Eve in Adam's World? No? Well, what are you waiting for? This book is a revelatory interpretation of the very first woman to ever walk the face of the earth. Although Eve's story is very brief, there is so much to be learned from her. Heck, the podcast was named after her. When you open up the very first chapter of this book, you will begin to travel through Eve's journey, a voyage of discovery that reveals the life of every woman in some way, shape, or form. At the end of each chapter, you will also find lessons from Eve to you. Each lesson derived from her personal experiences will be a guiding light on how to thrive in Adam's world. So get your copy of Being Eve in Adam's World today. You'll find the link in the show notes. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with Being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.